Welcome to EAN Cast, your weekly source for education, research, and updates from the European Academy of Neurology. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this EAN podcast about brain health and specifically advocating for brain health. My name is Rolf Fronsek. I'm a neurologist and somnologist from Leiden University Medical Center in the Netherlands. And I'm here together with Mathilde Leonardi. And she is a neurologist, a pediatrician, a neonatologist, and pediatric neurologist specializing in bioethics. And also, she's the unit director of the IRCCS, National Neurological Institute, BESTA. She does a lot of things because she's also the WHO expert on disability and aging and co-chair of the WHO family of international classifications, and then in the functioning and disability reference group. And the last thing... She's also director of the research branch of the Italian WHO Collaboration Center. So a lot of things, uh, Matilde. So maybe a first question, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your professional path. How did you arrive here? Well, I am a passionate neurologist who have been working for the last 25 years in international neurology as public health person, but also as clinician, I'm working with disorder of consciousness in the Ministry of Consciousness and uh, our brain. So brain from uh, the neurological point of view, but also from the sort of uh, secret master of uh, many of the diseases that are affecting our world. I've been passionate about uh, neurology for all my life, and this allowed me to travel all over the world and to see the situation of neurological patients worldwide, as well as to collaborate with governments and many other colleagues all over the world to improve the neurological health of uh, people around. And uh, this passion has gone along all my life and brought me also to collaborate with many international organizations, between which the European Academy of Neurology is certainly my pleasure. I am the chair of the communication committee, leading a team of fantastic neurologists from more than eight countries. And we are trying to support the action that EAN is trying to pursue all over the 44 countries of the European Academy. And certainly the work with the European Academy together with the initiative that we do together with the World Federation of Neurology, as well as my Italian Society of Neurology, are part of my, let's say, present and future steps, because this is where I'm working to increase neurological health as well as brain health. So indeed, you, uh, you started with a mystery of the mind and you ended up uh, doing a lot of advocacy very nice. Um, and uh, yeah, talking about EAN, can you uh, tell us a little bit more about the important activities that the EAN is doing when it comes to this advocating for brain health? First of all, brain health, uh, it's something that looks quite vague if we do not go into detail. Despite it is now fashion to speak about brain health, if you look at what pharmaceutical are doing, national societies are doing, international societies are doing, brain health is coming out as the revolution of the last few years. Although, in fact, brain health should have been the base of discussing about health. There is no health without brain health. We never think about our brain unless it becomes with some diseases or problem. And this is the challenge of brain health. Brain health comes from a great initiative that the World Health Organization has been launching in 2022, when the World Health Assembly, that means 197 countries, ratified in a resolution in May 2022, the WHO Global Action Plan on Epilepsy and Other Neurological Disorders. It has been a long, long pathway to reach to that resolution because, of course, bringing neurology at the top of the attention was requiring more than just uh, making the list 
of how many patients have neurological disorders. The, brain, the burden of brain disorders is very big worldwide and it differs from different countries, high income countries and low and middle income countries were supposed to have different diseases, meaning more infected disease in the low and middle income countries and more uh, neurodegenerative disease in the high income countries. But what comes true is that we are seeing that there is an increase of neurological diseases in general. And when we thought that, for example, stroke is going to affect patients in Africa, almost with the data that are close or similar to those of Europe, we really think that uh, the approach to brain health and brain disorders should a bit change worldwide. And we should take more attention, bring more attention, not only to the disease, but also how to prevent them. We would have never been able to speak about brain health something like 30 years ago. We are not thinking to prevention and to all the things that we have been learning along the development of science. Brain health is a topic that it is also the result of many years of research. We will not be able here to say that some dementia or other diseases of neurodegeneration are preventable. We can now say this, but only because we have been studying it a lot. We would not be able to say that some forms of epilepsy can be prevented because we are using good uh, uh, prevention uh, uh, strategies, we are, able, we are able to say this now. We will not be able to say the stroke can be prevented. If you weren't studying how much changing lifestyle habits is able to change the trajectory and the epidemiology of this disease. So neuroscience advance both in basic as well as in public health. And this is where we are when we discuss about brain health. We are discussing how research has been able to make us understand that we can do something for our brain before a disease appears. And when you then uh, talk more specifically about the EAN uh, and pre all these uh, examples you mentioned, what are the key things that the EAN is doing? Because there are so many things that you can do, if I hear you speak, so many approaches. What's the EAN doing specifically? EAN has taken the responsibility towards the global neurology to implement brain health uh, in its 44 countries. As you know, we have a large um, stakeholder group. Many neurological societies belong with very different situations. EAN is taking responsibility for all these countries in different manners. First of all, we defined with the previous president, Professor Bassetti, and the present president, Paul Boone, that we were going to respond to the challenge to implement the WHO resolution in brain health. So EAN decided that we are going to face this challenge because it is a great challenge to speak about brain health. And we develop a EAN brain health strategy within which we also develop the brain health mission, which is calling up many other societies of patients, scientific societies, and all those who want to speak with us about brain health and implement it particularly in Europe. Close to this, we have also been looking at uh, research. This is what the other part that the EAN is doing between the many activities that we do with our scientific panels and so on. But particularly at the present time, we have been trying to identify which are the areas of research that need more attention from the neurological community. So we have the brain health strategy, but also the EAN research agenda. That are the two main things that are characterizing this presidency of Paul Boone, but that are also in line with what was the past and certainly what will also go to happen with our next president, that is Elena Moro. We believe that the role of neurologists, we represent more than 47,000 neurologists 
it's uh, essential. Although sometimes I think not even neurologists know how much essential they are to speak about brain health, because usually neurologists are uh, educated to deal with good diagnosis and good treatment. That is why we also decided that we uh, wanted to do education and training. EAN is doing many educational and training seminars in summer schools, and they're mostly related to neurological diseases, but we decided that we want more from our neurological community. We call EAN as the home of neurology. When you are in a home, you want everything comfortable. You want to feel that you are understood. You want to feel that you are with friends. And sometimes this is needed when you have a common language. So to create this common language in this home, we develop an advocacy tool for leadership. That is something that we are trying to maybe speak more in detail later on this interview. But I think that the initiatives that we do are trying to create this atmosphere of community. Because wherever you are, you can be in Kazakhstan. I was in Kazakhstan recently and I met our uh, counterpart there, Aida Kondabayeva. That is our colleague there. The fact that she was speaking about proudness of being part of the AN. And she was telling to her neurologist there that she feels part of a group. She is internationally understood. And never mind if she speaks Kazakh and I don't understand Kazakh. But we were speaking a common language that is not only English, which was neither her language nor mine, but we were speaking the common language or trying to do our best for neurological patients. And it doesn't count where you come from. In Europe, this is what EAN is trying to do commonalities of goals, and we use different things. We have the scope of the WHO gap, but also we have our own interest, implementing research where it's not done, collaborating with patients' organization, support the creation of patients' organization when there is no patients' organization in the country, collaborate with the industry, collaborate with new technology. This is what EAN is doing, not forgetting one key thing, the most important part of our group is certainly not us, the old neurologists of Europe, but it is our young neurologists. We have an incredibly fantastic active neurology section that is our research and resident fellow. Our students and residents are more than 1,300 active members in the EAM. And they have their own uh, strategies, their own ideas, their own needs. And uh, it is in interaction with them that we learn how to become a house, a home. Not everybody has the same age in a home, but they all live together under the same roof. This is what we try to do in EAN. That's a very nice image and a very nice vision. You also mentioned something that I have a question about, the, the WHO gap. Can you explain a little bit what is the WHO gap? Okay, the Global Action Plan. What does it mean, this international organization proposing the world a global action plan on epilepsy? So GAP means the Global Action Plan. GAP is the Global Action Plan. And it is uh, the idea that this international organization is proposing to the world to change the paradigm. Moving from just a clinical approach, this is what neurologists are very good in doing, in adding to the good clinics that neurologists since Charcot, and maybe even before my love, Charcot, uh, started to do, it is to change the paradigm and introducing into the uh, discussion about neurology and the advocacy about neurology a public health approach. What is a public health approach for neurology? First, recognizing that a disease is frequent. So our diseases are frequent. Even if you have a young population, you will have a lot of uh, child neurology issues. 
But as long as our Europe is getting older, we are having also a lot of neurodegenerative diseases that are increasing. And so having a public health approach, this is what WHO is asking, means to define targets. WHO in the Global Action Plan is defining a, a sort of scenario that is going to last until 2030. By 2030, there are five major targets that WHO is proposing everybody to achieve, which is, for example, the first target has some aims. The first of these is making everybody aware of the importance of brain health, which is, seems not that difficult, but it is difficult. Because in the global scenario, first of all, we have to convince our own stakeholders, our own neurologists, that speaking about brain health is something that between making a diagnosis of a super spastic paraparesis, it's also important to speak about brain health. So it's not only important to be able to do the difficult diagnosis that we do in our daily practice, but it is also important to learn how to advocate. Maybe our stroke colleagues can do this, and this is one of the things that it is mentioned in the Global Action Plan. Neurology should be granulated from prevention to promotion of health to diagnosis treatment, and then we have to include and learn to include rehabilitation, neurorehabilitation, and palliative care. How you granulate these different areas of neurology, this is since the base for the Global Action Plan. And there is a political issue here, is that how can neurologists advocate for brain health? And that is also described in the Global Action Plan in a manner that clarifies that you can try to define which could be, for example, your entry disease. For many, it could be epilepsy. I mean, if in a country you don't even have a treatment for epilepsy, how do you expect to have the treatment for more complex and more expensive diseases? How do you expect to go for the monoclonal antibodies, for example, if you don't even have some uh, gardenal for easy epilepsy? So epilepsy is sort of a uh, checking disease, but you can decide to use others. For example, in countries like mine, I come from Italy, we might decide to enter through Alzheimer. That is a disease that is affecting more than 1 million people in my country, a country of 60 million people. And we could try to see, are we able to speak about prevention, good care, good diagnosis, and good uh, uh, definition of, of treatment for these patients? And if yes, are we speaking about this with politicians? Because this is what the Global Action Plan is telling to us. We need to learn to work with others. First of all, patients' organization. But we are part of a community in which we also need to know how to speak with politicians. Yeah, you are convincing me. But then if, if you are a neurologist, you're living somewhere in Europe or else, uh, and you want to do something with this, you want to be active, you want to do something with advocacy, how, what would be your advice? How could you start? Because it seems like such a big thing. Yeah, I mean, all we, the, we have to do it all together, of course, but somebody has yeah, to start. <laughs> but we have to think about the Lego approach. When you do a build with Lego, each brick counts. So, I mean, each brick counts in building up this big Lego uh, brain health business. And each of us is a brick. And what we can do is even in our private practice, and we work maybe in primary health care, neurologists of primary health care, we could think that uh, prevention is something that we sometimes forget in our discussion and in our debate with our patients. We forget to tell. I mean, if you are a stroke neurologist, you might think that prevention is part of your conversation. When you do primary prevention of stroke or, or better, secondary prevention after stroke, you certainly look at smoking, diet, control of, of uh, hypertension, control of glucose, 
and uh, promoting some physical activity as well as promoting some interactive activities. You do this if you are a stroke neurologist, but you don't necessarily do this. And what it has been proved that just came from an international European research rehabilitation meeting, and it was uh, uh, there was a session about physical activity in neurological patients, which has been proved that, for example, Parkinson patients, as long as they develop the disease, they work less than they could because they are afraid to fall and they don't move. And the less you move, the worse you become. Not all have access to rehabilitation as such. So we can promote, for example, physical activity. We can promote other issues that are improving the general health. But improving general health, we do improve brain health of patients. And in doing so, so we have to learn how, how do we do this in our, as you said, in our clinical practice. You can start from next patient you will see tomorrow morning, Rolf, and you will speak to him and say, my dear, do you smoke? So stop smoking. And do you, are you fat? So start dieting. Do you move? Yes or no? And But if people other... want to do more, if people want to do advocacy, like what you said, more on a political level or because that's also important, I think. It is very important. And this is why with the, the Paul Boone, the president of EIN, we increased the initiative of speaking to the president of National Neurological Societies. We think that uh, a top-down approach, in a sense, is good as much as a bottom-up. But the top-down, this is what we can do as European Academy. We do speak with the presidents and we have a sort of an agenda for the National Neurological Societies. First of all, we also, and maybe I'm anticipating a question we will do later, but I give the answer now. Uh, we, as communication committee, we wanted to know how much are our presidents aware about brain health at the national level. And to do this also, how much are they connected with patients' association as well as with ministries of health or ministries of welfare? What came out is that out of the 44 countries, there are some countries around 10 in which the president of the National Neurological Society has no contact whatsoever with the minister of health. You do understand, Rolf, that then it is difficult to go and impact at national level if the president of the society is not connected with Minister Wells. So what we are doing is taking the results of this interview, of this survey that we did, we try to provide to the presidents of National Neurological Society not only the WHO targets, but also some support that we as European Academy can provide at national level. So if the single uh, neurologist what wants to get engaged, my suggestion would be First of all, what is your national society doing? Which is also something that you have to know. You, we don't work as monade, disconnected from the world. We are part of groups of national societies. This might be difficult for some countries, but it might be easier for others. So what is your society doing? If your society is doing nothing, what people can do is start looking at the steps that we have in our brain health strategy, what we propose to do. Some meetings at your national level speaking about the benefits of uh, improving brain health, even a small meeting with your colleagues and with your patients' organization at your local level. What is the benefits of considering brain health as a treasure that each of us can cultivate and can save? The other thing that we have to learn to do is to consider all the determinants of brain health. One of them, and I like to mention this in this podcast, is um, social network. The question I always do, I mean, because uh, I think after COVID, what we learned is that we had an epidemic of a virus, but also we had an epidemic of loneliness. 
For our patients, loneliness is something that is impacting on brain health. It has been proved by many biological studies that being uh, with no social connection is getting worse your health and your brain health. So, for example, I would like to see neurologists telling their patients, have friends and create new friends if you don't have. Socialize, be in network, don't be alone. These are not the kind of suggestion that you would give to a neurological patient. You always think that you do an MRI instead of make friends. But in a sense, the idea that brain health and that we are not disconnected from the social environment, we have a complete, complete biopsychosocial approach. We have to, to learn this because we usually tend to have a mostly medical approach. But we know that we are not only our brain in terms of organic, central, and peripheral nerve. We are interconnected with the environment in which we are, in which we live. And the environment can be facilitator or barrier for our health and can increase our disability or our functioning. Speaking brain health means adopting a biopsychosocial approach, an approach in which the person is in an environment. I mean, with the same diagnosis, Parkinson. It makes a lot of difference if you live alone, you have no connection, nobody helping you, or if you are connected in an environment that is supporting you and you have, for example, free health services, diagnosis could be the same. But your health and brain health and your functioning can be very different because the environment is different. We have to learn to think like this. I think it's a very important message and insight. Uh, we have to wrap up things. So I have a final question. Maybe to give, if there's anything you still want to mention or advise, give advice to younger or even senior neurologists, like to your, your final message. Well, the final message is uh, come to this home. The European Academy is ready to welcome all those who want to uh, behave in neurology, accepting uh, being in the neurological field as a challenge, not only because you are a good neurologist, but because you are a good professional able to advocate for it. For this reason, we are promoting a leadership and advocacy training, which is free, uh, free of charge. We're going to advertise it and it is uh, on our website. And it is a course, it's a short course. It's only in three times for next year, which could be like the preamble of our longer course that we do one year long with a close number. But this course is asking every neurology to feel responsible, not only of the neurological health of the patients that they see, but of the brain health of citizens. We have the responsibility for millions of citizens in terms of thinking to their brain health. If not the neurologist, who else? Thank you. That's a very uh, good thing to know for people that they can uh, join this training and a good mission. Uh, thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. And uh, well, until the next podcast, goodbye. Bye. This has been EAN Cast Weekly Neurology. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcatcher for weekly updates from the European Academy of Neurology. You can also listen to this and all of our previous episodes on the EAN campus to gain points and become an EAN expert in any of our 29 neurological specialties. Simply become an EAN individual member to gain access. For more information, visit eanorg membership. That's ean.org backslash membership. Thanks for listening. EANcast Weekly Neurology is your unbiased and independent source for educational and research-related neurological content. 
Although all content is provided by experts in their field, it should not be considered official medical advice.